1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world, by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices talk radio show, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. My guest today—it's—it's it's been a while. We were just discussing that, but uh, Marley Moynihan with the Coalition of Immaculate Workers. Marley, how are you? Doing just fine. Thank you so much for having me back. Okay, I'm, I'm full of questions because, as I said, we we haven't talked in a while, but your work certainly has not stopped. I recently spoke with um, a candidate to be the nominee of the. Democratic nominee for the 5th District of Virginia, Leslie Coburn, and we were saying to one another, there, there were the civil rights movement in the 60s, of course. But after that, I think pretty much we agree that pretty much the uh, Coalition of Immaculate Workers was the spearhead for much of what we're seeing in the headlines today. Tell us what the Fair Food Program is first, and when, and then we'll talk about the latest chapters. So the Coalition of a Workers, for
0: those listeners who haven't heard of the CIW, is a human rights organization that is internationally recognized for its work and the progress that it has accomplished in the areas of social responsibility, human trafficking, in the area of of violence against women in the workplace. And so the Fair Food Program was born after many, many years of hard work. Uh, This group that is led by farm workers down here in Florida, launched a campaign together with consumers from all across the United States in order to bring on large corporate buyers of tomatoes, the same buyers who ultimately purchased uh, the tomatoes and other fruits and vegetables that farm workers here in Florida were picking uh, because those large buyers actually have an incredible amount of both power and responsibility for the conditions downstream in their supply chain. And unfortunately, for many decades, farm workers were seeing many types of abuses, everything from wage theft and uh, unsafe working conditions all the way to sexual assault, sexual violence, and in very extreme cases, modern-day slavery. I'm happy to say that through the partnership of the Fair Food Program, which brings together those large buyers, uh, growers who own those farms, and farm workers themselves, we've been able to virtually eliminate some of those worst abuses uh, like slavery and sexual assault and vastly reduce many of the other abuses that farm workers have been facing. So the Fair Food Program has now been in place uh, both here in Florida and up and down the East Coast, including in Virginia. Uh, for the last uh, several years, the program started in Florida in 2011 and expanded to the East Coast in 2015 and continues to expand to new states and new crops uh, each year. So it's a very exciting and expanding model. And uh, Not only has it improved conditions in U.S. agriculture, but it's also offering promise for Many other low wage industries, Uh, Vermont dairy workers have been adapting this model, uh, as well as even Bangladeshi textile workers who looked to this worker-driven social responsibility model, or WSR, in order to improve safety conditions in in factories abroad that make our clothing. So I think it's a very exciting program, and uh, one of the challenges that we continue to face, unfortunately, is that not all corporate buyers are quite ready to join on, and Mm. so For the last several years, we've had a campaign also with Wendy's, which is the final of the largest fast food chains in the country, uh, to not sign on. So whereas McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell, in addition to massive supermarkets like Walmart, Giant, and Stop and Shop, all of those companies are doing their part, being partners with farm workers to eliminate sexual violence, eliminate forced labor, and yet companies like Wendy's continue to refuse to join this program and have turned their backs on farm workers and their supply chain and so as a result consumers of course are standing with farm workers and saying we don't want to purchase from wendy's until they are a part of this groundbreaking program and so for the last several years farm workers have had a national boycott of the hamburger chain and just most recently the exciting news that has put in the headlines quite a bit was the freedom fast in which Farm workers themselves, actually almost 70, uh, traveled to New York City and were joined there by many scores more uh, consumer allies from all across the country for a five day fast um, in front of the offices of Wendy's Board Chairman Nelson Peltz. And at the culmination of this fast is the Times Up Wendy's March. Because, of course, as you know, uh, Marcello, the entire country is talking about sexual assault and sexual violence in the workplace, yes. not only in places like agriculture, but also in restaurants, in Hollywood. Uh, and all over the place. And so there's this broad cross sector movement of which, of course, the CIW is a part uh, to eliminate these abuses. And so that was the focus of the Freedom Fast. It was incredibly inspiring. And it ended with a march of over 2,000 people through the heart of Manhattan to really uh, put that spotlight on Wendy's and say, why aren't you joining
1: this program? It's good to have you back, Marley. Wow, it's so comprehensive, it, it answers uh, my next seven questions, but I'm going to go back and just uh, b- pick your brain and make certain we got some things because, let me see if I can get the chronology. One of the things that first hit me, still hits me from when we talked years ago, modern day slavery. Can you give us an example of what that means?
0: Absolutely, and it's sad that that's uh, the kind of question you have to ask, but the reality is that even though shadow slavery was outlawed uh, centuries ago, this type of forced labor of work without pay, under threat of violence, the inability to change jobs, that still exists today in our very own uh, in, in the industries that produce the products that all of us buy on a daily basis, including food. And so one of the things that the CIW has done and really pioneered for many years is the anti-slavery movement, in particular in agriculture in uh, labor trafficking more broadly. Uh, the CIW's Lord Germino actually received the 2010 um, Hero Acting to End Modern Day Slavery Award from then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. The C.I.W. has long been a pioneer in this area by bringing victims to the center. So when the C.I.W. discovered these cases of modern-day slavery, which it's foreign saying that they were not looking for. This Mm. is a human rights organization, but by being a part of the farmworker community and being led by farmworkers, the C.I.W. has a unique ability and connection to the community to find these deeply buried and deeply troubling cases in which farm workers were being pistol whipped beaten um, forced to work without any pay, being confined in small labor camps surrounded by barbed wire really horrific cases that uh, that evolved that took that were occurring for years at a time involving hundreds of workers and so the CW is actually involved in the investigation and prosecution of now nine federal uh, slavery cases, both civil and criminal that resulted in the uh, liberation of over 1,200 workers. And so these, each case is, is certainly different and we can spend an entire episode exploring their contours, but the big and important takeaway for listeners is to understand that because of the vulnerability of farm workers, because of the long history of forced labor in agriculture that goes back centuries to the very beginning of industrial agriculture uh, in this country, still many workers because of their poverty, because of their powerlessness, who are subjected to this kind of abuse. And it takes programs like the Fair Food Program to create a world without victims and not only prosecute cases after they've occurred, but to raise the standard and raise the bar of this industry to the most basic level so that these kind of violence and this kind of, um, of barbary no, no longer
1: happens. You know, it again that uh, it it underlines what I said at the beginning of the show, and that is that you really are the spearhead that now has has uh, in its way certainly inspired other movements that we're seeing in the headlines. But you're also not just inspiring them. You there are many places where what C I W uh, Co- Coalition of Immaculate Workers has been doing for decades is now marrying, I think, uh, Me Too movement. Uh, It certainly uh, involves uh, those who are for uh, sensible, uh, fair play for immigrants and and, and immigration reform, migrant workers. I don't think we stop and think when we buy these clothes and, and buy food, fast food restaurants or at the market, Americans tend not, and I'm one of them, we tend not to think about who is responsible for uh, that being on my dinner plate tonight and what conditions under which they work. And that's what CIW, it seems to me has been just, uh, it's been an ongoing year after year effort and things are happening. So tell me, um, how, for instance, is CIW involved with the Me Too movement and and the support from Time's Up actress Alyssa Milano? Uh, How did that come about?
0: So the first and foremost, it's important to understand that uh, sexual assault and sexual harassment, unfortunately, has been a ubiquitous issue within the agricultural worker community forever, for, mm. not, for centuries, for decades. And so what does that look like on the ground is a question that we get a lot. And so just, again, for, for listeners to understand, this means that it is on a daily basis that the women who are harvesting much of our fresh produce face uh, not only vulgar comments, but also are asked to um, give sexual favors in order to simply keep their job, mm. uh, and you know, or are um, are subjected to sexual assault or even rape uh, in, in these different workplaces. And so it's a, it's a pretty rough uh, situation for many of these women who are
2: there to work. They're yeah. there to work and they're there to support their families and often are put in a position of having to choose
0: between their dignity and putting food on the table at the end of the day. And so that's the backdrop. And for many, many years, the CIW has been focusing on this issue. It's actually a zero-tolerance offense within the therapy program. What that means is that if there is uh, sexual contact without uh, – without consent on the job of any kind, that person is fired. There is no second chance. And Mm. so it's something that through the Fair Food Program we've been able to radically reform within the industry. And in fact, uh, years ago in 2013 or 14, I believe, PBS Frontline did a... A, a wide-ranging report all across the country on the issue of rape in the fields, and one of their producers, following the story, actually commented that the fair food program was unique in the entire country and in, mm. in its proactive, preventative nature of going in and actually changing the nature of the industry, such that these types, this type of behavior, was was prevented altogether, so in addition to uncovering those cases, it's really important for us to emphasize the difference between the two. I think uh, prosecution is very important and uh, punishment and discipline, but wouldn't it be better if those crimes never happened in the first place? Yes. And I think that's uh, you know, certainly the, the gold standard, the goal of, of prevention, and that's what we've been able to achieve in many ways through the Fair Program. So over the last year in particular, we've been focusing on that particular lens of the bear Food Program, because as you mentioned, there's many facets to the CAW's work, but women's rights and uh, fighting sexual violence and gender-based violence is certainly uh, one of the big ones. And so we've really been focusing on that, and uh, really for the last year and a half. And so then uh, in the moment that the Me Too movement exploded onto the scene all over the country, it was uh, like... This moment for women in Immokalee of hearing their own voices echoed all across the country from all of these different kinds of women across these many different industries, all sharing very similar experiences. And so I think that was a very uh, an important moment for um, not only for members like the C.I.W. had been working on this issue for many years to see the issue lifted up in the public sphere, mm. but also then to build these connections and build bridges between industries so that there could be support uh, for all these different movements on the ground to combat sexual violence. And so before, prior to the, the Freedom Fast and in the lead up, the CAW did get uh, support broadly from some of the leaders of the Time's Up movement, which is, of course, uh, principally a legal fund uh, established by some of the Hollywood actresses who uh, were, you know, helped to to bring the Me Too movement to the forefront in terms of providing their platform and their own experiences. And so um, there were several, you know, Time's Up itself, of course, acknowledged the CIW Women's Group uh, and the CIW's efforts to combat this issue. I think the the thing that really skyrocketed at the forefront, though, was that Wendy, uh, in a moment, I would say, of poor judgment, uh, when speaking to the press about the freedom fast and about this action that was being taken by CIW women, actually had the gall to say that the CIW was, quote, exploiting the Me Too movement in order to advance its own interests.
2: Mm.
0: Implying that Farmworker women are somehow not allowed to be a part of this movement or are intruders or interlopers in this broader movement for um, for freedom from sexual violence, which is, of course, ridiculous. And on the contrary, farmworker women have been on the forefront of that fight for, yes. for many, many years. And so because the CIW, of course, already had many of these close connections, uh, not only with Hollywood actresses, but just with other groups all across the country, the Women's March... The National Organization of Women, uh, you know, the Me Too movement more broadly, and many members within that, the whole point of that movement is being united. And so when Wendy's went on the attack against farmworker women who are among the most vulnerable women who are involved in that movement, Time's Up really slammed back. And I think that was a really important moment. And so uh, Alyssa Milano, who you mentioned earlier, actually put out a very powerful statement publicly right after Wendy's came out with that particular line saying, Wendy's, some workers are the Me mm. <laughs> cannot movement. Yes. Uh, they cannot be inserting themselves in it. They're already in it. They're already leading it. And moreover, that's especially offensive. And I think her words were, you know, Wendy's, if you really want to get on the bad side of Time's Up, continue to use our name to degrade and belittle farm worker women who are in the struggle to protect
2: themselves and their sisters from being raped in the fields. Yes. So the very powerful and unequivocal statement of saying the
0: last thing you should be doing is trying to divide this incredibly united movement uh, who is fundamentally on the side of all women, period. And certainly is not on the side of a a large corporation that is already refusing to join one of the most effective solutions to end sexual violence for tens of thousands of women. So Wendy's is already on the wrong side of history on this. And then to go so far as to degrade that movement and degrade the women who had just spent five days fasting on their doorstep in the name of the women of Hollywood who are standing up for this issue as well was a huge misstep. And I think not only Alyssa Milano, but Amy Schumer, Paris Hilton, Amber Camlin, there's a huge long list. And so what uh, what resulted of course is that that story and and therefore the Wendy's boycott itself reached tens of millions of more viewers Mm. because there were stories in People Magazine, in InStyle, and Elle Magazine, all of which have, uh, you know, respectively have 76 million readers, 25 million readers. And so as a result of something that I'm sure Wendy was hoping would undercut the CAW's broader campaign and the farmworkers' women's efforts to hold them accountable, on the contrary, news
1: of their misstep reached millions of more people. Huge blowbacks these days to people who don't yet understand that in, in this day and age, fact checking is uh everywhere on in the palm of almost every hand and 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 we will not stand for it anymore the intimidation of women Again, whatever color, whatever social economic level, whatever education level, doesn't matter. All women on campuses and in Congress, by the way, and state houses and Hollywood, every place we've talked about already, all women, whether on the farm or in the city, deserve the respect of every human being. We all need to be in this together, and I'm, I'm so happy because many of the uh, the progressive uh, causes that I support and am involved in are so coming together uh, in so many ways because it's, it's, as you say, it's time to be united. We're going to take a short break. This is fascinating. I am so happy to have uh, Uh, Marley Moynihan uh, back with us talking about the coalition of immaculate workers and that far reaching rippling effect throughout so much of society. We're going to be back soon. We're going to talk about the freedom fast. We're going to talk about why in New York City. We're going to talk about everything. Stay with us and remember Boycott Wendy's. We'll be right back. And now enjoy Watch Fire Music featuring vocal artist Julia Wade singing Beautiful from her new CD, Sunday Morning.
2: Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. you
1: To the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guest today is Marley Moynihan of the Coalition of Immaculate Workers. What's your title at Coalition of Immaculate Workers?
0: I am uh, just a staff person here. I've been with the Coalition for six years now, and prior to that, I actually worked uh, to, with consumers in Washington, D.C., including students in particular all across the country to support the CIW's actions
1: nationally. Wow, so you fit right in also with, of course, the uh, March to Save Our Lives and and Prevent Gun Violence. That uh, Absolutely. At,
2: yeah. and,
0: in, and in fact, I do want to quickly say that the CIW has been very involved in supporting that movement. We had representatives many of the March for Our Lives over the past weekend, both here in southwest Florida and Washington, D.C., and actually up and down the coast. Yes. And in fact, uh, we also, during the Freedom Fast, which is the uh, fast by farm workers just two weeks ago, uh, it within that fast was March 14th, which was the National Walkout Day, and we held a vigil at the fast site in the morning for each of the 17 students who had been massacred at, uh, in Parkland, Florida. And So it's certainly a movement that we have enormous respect for and are doing everything we can to support the uh, Parkland students' effort to Bring this issue to the fore, and we had the opportunity to meet two of those students actually in New York City, who were there mobilizing for the march, and had a beautiful exchange with them about the importance of combating violence in all of its forms yes. across society.
1: Yes, Marley. I think the last time we talked, Whole Foods was not had not signed on, but it has now, and the only holdout it seems, or the primary holdout now, that is uh, Wendy's, uh, but. How does Nelson Peltz, how was he chosen to to uh, spotlight the situation with farm workers?
0: So Nelson Peltz is a, a fascinating figure, but an important one, uh, not only for the CIW's campaigns, but also just for a broader conversation about responsibility in society. Mm-hmm. So Nelson Peltz uh, is the Wendy's board chairman, mm-hmm. and also its largest shareholder through his investment fund, Treon Partners, which is based in New York City. So, through this investment fund, Nelson Peltz, who is a multi-billionaire, uh, takes over many companies by buying up many of their shares and then ex- exerts enormous power in directing those companies at all levels of their operations. Mm. So, it is investment uh, investors like Nelson Peltz who have an enormous amount of power not only the social responsibility efforts of these companies, he's in fact also the head of their social responsibility subgroup on the board, uh, but also just in the overall direction and nature of the company. And so with that power comes enormous responsibility. Nelson Peltz is the person who, if he picked up the phone uh, tomorrow and called the president of Wendy's and said, we need to do this. It would happen
2: Mm.
0: and so i think it's important to identify for all of us and in many different circumstances who really has the power to make change who has the power to direct we all know that these large companies private or public have enormous impact have a huge impact on our lives uh there's actually as kind of a backdrop to this blackrock which is one of the largest investors out there in these companies, actually sent a letter to CEOs across the United States, an open letter, that said that the reality is today in today's society, given that there is enormous transparency to consumers, given that government in many ways is failing to address many of the social ills that affect all of us, consumers are increasingly the private sector to take more of a role in addressing society's uh, problems. Because yes. these companies already have a huge amount of power in our lives and a huge role in our lives, and it's time that they take the responsibility that comes with that. So yes. That is a broader theme that consumers feel, that now investors are starting to feel, and that Wendy's is back on the wrong side of history with. Because yes. they are they are we. Re- Rejecting the premier social responsibility program in agriculture in the country for no particularly good reason that they seem to be able to articulate. As we, you know, we spoke about on the first uh, section of the program, they are resorting to these um, very ugly, um, belittling comments about farmworker women rather than presenting a particularly reasonable argument about why they don't want to participate in the program. And beyond that, they're actually lying about how the program works to the public, uh, making false claims about how the CIW collects fees from growers or that they don't want to pay the CIW or that somehow the CIW is financially benefiting this program and all of that is simply false and Wendy's is perfectly aware of that and so the reason that they're relying on all of these false statements or degrading statements is because they don't have a reasonable, defensible,
2: logical response when someone
0: asks, well, why don't you join the Fair Food Program? So Nelson Peltz is really the power center of that and as an investor is at the crux of that conversation. What is the role of an investor? in this broader conversation about social responsibility, especially one
2: that prides himself on, in being an activist investor. Yes. So that is a, a term that
0: actually Nelson Peltz uh, takes on very openly because of the level of power and influence that he exerts in the countries, and the companies that he's a part of. And so, as a result, the CIW decided that instead of going to the Wendy's headquarters in Columbus, Ohio, this year, we really needed to make our voices heard with Nelson Peltz himself. And he needed to feel the heat of the refusal to join this program. And so that's why the Freedom Rest itself was actually out in front of his offices on Park Avenue in downtown Manhattan to really display the contrast between these men and women who labor in the fields, who, who are taking a week off of work to come and go without food in order to represent the suffering of our communities, in order to call attention to the wealth, really, that is coming at the expense of the well-being and the lives of farm workers at the bottom of the the food chain. And so that was largely the reason for the CIW deciding to go to New York and deciding to confront Nelson Peltz directly, because he needs to be held accountable for his actions, or in this case, his his lack thereof.
1: You know, it's true. And I'm not saying all wealthy people are bad people, but there are too many who make multiple billions of dollars which, who seem to have no, no desire to give back. Uh, I mean, we've got the Koch brothers who, who their way of giving back is to preserving their income, uh, you know, and, and red mapping the nation Rather and gerrymandering. Met- <laughs> yes, you know, and, and, and we say these things because they are true. They are in the headlines now, not enough, but they are getting there. But the choice to actually go to the hedge fund investment firm, the office, the the of uh, of Nelson Peltz was an exceptional choice. But now the freedom fast, I love it. Tell us exactly, and it was five days long. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that. The the. Tell people who don't know what a fast is. I mean, I'm not saying people are stupid, but a fast is not a word, uh, you know, that we that we throw around a lot these days. It just isn't.
0: Absolutely. Talk to us. So fast. Absolutely. So fast. Has long been an important tool of many nonviolent movements across history. Whether that was the civil rights movement, uh, the movement for uh, liberation in in India, which of course Gandhi, the most mm. famous practitioner yes. of that, and so it's really important to uh, to recognize that historical significance. That thing, namely going without food, and uh, there are many different versions of that, but in our case. It's, really means no food for five days day or night uh, so it was farm workers and we actually reached I think over 80 nearly a hundred fasters at any given uh, by the end of the week of people who were only drinking water and electrolytes and and tea essentially and so going without any kind of food whatsoever mm. uh, for those full five days and again the significance behind that is uh, there are many layers to it so um Actually, the CIW also fast. has also fasted, has held multiple fasts and hunger strikes, and one I think that was the longest was actually a 30-day hunger strike in 1997 and 98 by six farm workers here in Immokalee to, again, draw attention to the kind of abuse and and grinding poverty that farm workers were facing here. And one of the things that one of those pastors said that will always stick with me is he said, well, this is just a faster way to die.
2: Mm. And and
0: it's this, it's being, it is a way of putting physical suffering, which mm. is truly a, a, which is a is an impact as a result of the kinds of decisions that are being made by companies like Wendy's is the suffering of farm workers and their families. It means going hungry. It means the physical violence that workers face. fasting is a very nonviolent way to represent that and also to represent sacrifice and to show commitment I think one moment that also really stood out to me and that's five days every single day in freezing weather I mean farmworkers and their allies were out there every single day in 30 degree weather Mm. under the snow under the rain and Nelly Rodriguez one of my colleagues here at the CIW has worked in the fields herself she said we're here to show Nelson Peltz what commitment
2: looks like. Yes. Because one of the critiques, of course, of Wendy's is that they one of their
0: responses is, well, we have our own code of conduct, you know, we've got this covered, we're already doing enough, but codes of conduct and efforts like Wendy's that are traditional corporate social responsibility, code without enforcement uh, kind of approaches. Don't actually have an impact on the ground. It's a really nice PR move for that company, but it doesn't change the lives of the people at the bottom of the chain. And what's required is true commitment in something like the therapy program, where a company actually signs an agreement to say, I will only purchase from growers who don't allow women to be raped don't hmm. allow human trafficking on their farms. I commit to that. Mm-hmm. And it's not optional. It's not voluntary. It's every time an abuse like that happens and the farm fails to remedy that acceptably, those all fourteen buyers that are already participating in the program cut their purchases the next day. Hmm.
2: Period. Wow. That's the commitment. Yes. And that's what's really been able to drive the the the
0: change that we've seen in the field. And so when a company like Wendy says, Yeah, I've got a nice code of conduct. I'm not going to be particularly transparent about what the consequences are. And the message that sends to growers is that they can continue operating as they always have without having to make any changes and still get the business of Wendy's. And
2: so the question is about commitment. It is yes. about
0: enforcement. It is about being willing to put the weight of the buyer like Wendy's, which is huge, behind moral standards about how human beings are treated. It's very simple. And so I think, as Nellie said, this is our way of showing Nelson Pelt and Wendy's yes. as a company that we are deeply committed to this change not only for ourselves, but for the tens of thousands of farm workers who continue to labor outside of the fair food program. Because even though it, it is growing, it's not going fast enough. Mm. And the only reason why that is is because of companies like Wendy's refusing to make the hard, real commitment and sacrifice necessary in order to drive change. That is their role, and there isn't a way around that. There's not an easier path to take for these companies that doesn't require the same commitment. It's well, just you won't achieve the same result.
1: Well, tell me, what what is it you're asking of Wendy's, this extra penny? Tell, uh, explain that to us. So the fair food program has multiple
0: points of, uh, of commitment by these major buyers. So the first is the code of conduct that I mentioned. So it's them saying I will only purchase from growers that are implementing this new code of conduct that includes the standards that I've mentioned earlier, such as zero tolerance for sexual violence, zero tolerance for forced labor. They, uh, the second pillar is that these companies will partner with Farm workers themselves will partner with the CIW, partner with growers, be Mm. a part of this program. And the third is paying an additional penny per pound premium for every pound of tomatoes that they buy. And so what that means is that, and that goes straight to workers in their paychecks in the form of a bonus Mm. in order to provide economic relief. Because one thing that we know very clearly, especially the CIW, you know, has this insight after working for decades in this in this community in an impoverished community, is that the only way that you're going to have the ability to speak up on the job is if you have some sense of security, and yes. economic security is part of that. And so, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, or not even being able to live paycheck to paycheck and you are living in that level of poverty, it's gonna be much harder to speak up about abuses when they happen for fear of losing your job. Yes. That fear driven by economic insecurity in and of itself undermines human rights. So there has to be there has to be a conversation about economic security if we're gonna talk about human rights enforcement. And so the penny per pound premium has been an extremely effective mechanism for increasing workers' wages. It's something that Whole Foods actually called it a drop in the bucket it's not a huge commitment from the buyers themselves compared to the many um, costs that are involved in purchasing but it makes a huge difference for workers on the ground which you know results in anything from 20 to 80 to 100 dollars per week in their paycheck in Mm -hmm. addition to their regular wages which makes a huge difference for especially for families and so that penny per pound premium is certainly another um, stumbling block for companies like Wendy's because for some reason they see that as totally unwarranted and again in Wendy's case they've actually become so desperate that they've begun to spread lies about the CIW and about what that penny is and suggest that the, that the CIW actually receives that uh, that extra premium as opposed to the farm workers. But, the problem with that is that you said fact-checking is pretty easy these days yes. and um, Wendy's would know if they spoke to any of the Florida growers or any of the any of their peers who are already participating in this or actually sat down at a table of dialogue with the CIW that that penny is paid from a buyer to the growers and from the growers to the workers in their paychecks and that entire process is monitored by a third-party monitoring body to mention that Wendy's has not only failed to join this program, but actually after the program was implemented in Florida, they actually pulled their all of their purchases from the state of Florida and only started buying from Mexico. Now, we know that conditions were, were bad um, in Florida before the Fair Food Program, but even those pale in comparison to the kinds of human rights abuses that are happening on a regular basis in Mexico. Yes. So I do want to point out that Wendy's is you know trying to run away from the penny per pound, run away from the change that's happening in Florida, and instead turning to partner with an industry that is widely regarded as one of the most abusive industries when it comes to forced labor, when it comes to sexual assault, child labor. I mean, every news report that comes out about Mexico, about the Mexican produce industry, is horrifying, mm. and that's the industry that Wendy's has chosen
1: to partner with. Uh, Well, I'm glad you come on the show to remind us of this because, again, too many of us don't think about it, you know, when we sit down at the restaurant table or fast food or whatever, but we need to. So tell us, how do we get a hold of you and the Coalition of Immaculate Workers? How do we be a part of the solution? The wonderful thing about this
0: movement is that it is, one of hope, it is one of celebration, it is one that is open to everyone. And so, and also, it's important to note that we wouldn't have gotten here without the critical support of everyday consumers, whether those are young students, communities of faith, everyday uh, community leaders. Those are the people who have really made a difference by standing with farm workers and saying, I do care as a consumer about where my food comes from, and mm. I want humane treatment for the men and women who, who harvest the food that I eat. And so uh, anyone can go to the CIW's website, which is CIW online.org, or the Boycott Wendy's website, which is boycott wendy's.org, in order to learn more about the background of this movement and to find ways. For them to uh, get to get involved and that is everything from organizing an action so we certainly encourage people to uh, look up to see what's happening near you and join that effort but also there's many ways for people to be involved whether that's letter writing campaigns um, donating to help this, this work continue and all of those and links for all of that is available on our website
1: excellent well thank you Marlene Moynihan uh, of the Coalition of Immaculate Workers. Uh, you've always been an incredibly informative uh, guest, and you make us see things that we need to see and take action. I, I so appreciate you being on the show again. We wish you all the best and uh, most impressive in, in New York City, I'll tell you, that was great. Freedom Fast, yes, and boycotting. I've always said, you know, boycotting is, is the consumer's strongest weapon because politicians want your votes. No matter what else, they want to get reelected. People who sell food and clothes, they want your dollars. They want you as a customer. When you say, no, I don't like what you do, so I'm not going to shop there anymore, or I'm not going to vote for you anymore, you make a difference. Is that fair enough to say, Marley?
0: Absolutely, And I think it's important to know that that is that should be an empowering feeling to say that I can make a difference Yes Even as in, I don't have to be an activist I don't have to dedicate my whole life to that But I can find these movements Follow the lead of people who are most affected by this, these problems And saying what can I
1: do to support And this is a really easy way to do that Excellent Okay Marley Moynihan, Coalition of Immaculate Workers reaching across the nation. Uh, Support them, please. Visit the website. And again, thank you, Marley Moynihan, and all the best to you and CIW.
2: Thank you very much.
1: My pleasure. Bye now. And now, enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House from Is Anybody Listening?
2: Now we'll build it. We'll build it for all the world to Once in the past, those who built it did the things they had to do with the highest intention. But something happened along the way. Something happened along the way. Something that is.
1: Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. The New World. Enough is enough, and so say all of us. From Molly Pitcher to Molly Bloom, Clara Barton to Obamacare, Marian Anderson and Eleanor Roosevelt to Black Lives Matter and Me Too, it's time's up because our K and Wall Street ruling class are being served, this far and no further. From apostles of twin abusers, National Restaurant Association and National Rifle Association, and Congressional Republicans overemploying National Security Shield, deserting and disfranchising our American dream, 2018 is scattering Nasser chauvinists and trumped supremacists. Following, in the shadow of Truman's Korean police action, Eisenhower's Vietnam War enabling, Kennedy's Camelot Cold War racing past Cuban missiles to the moon, Lyndon Baines' Johnson and Richard Nixon lies downgraded the greatest generation to cannon fodder, targeting anti-war protesters as an executive privilege." From Eisenhower-Nixon's Dulles Brothers vs. Dean Atkinson to Trump-Pence versus Sally Yates' Preet Bharara and Robert Mueller, our high confidence is we now overcome. After 242 years, grossly underpaid teachers are emulating their students who grasp the civic duty to protect intellectual curiosity's potential to reason from denigrating schools and denigrating textbooks, from bullying and gun violence. Yet, as we memorialize what we've lost from Columbine to Parkland, we're missing who's sacrificed by enabling trigger happiness military marksmanship training in school cafeterias, guaranteeing a dusting of lead poisoning with an afterglow of brain damage. What is past being prologue is replete with men like Joe McCarthy, William Rehnquist, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, and Mike Pence, who, for power's sake, cloister, clothed in deceit, closeted by faith in hypocrisy trusting in and embellishing generational domino theory, such men diminish us from Lincoln into maniacal Nixon paranoia and Trump's suffocating thinking for ourselves. And yet, by first lady examples, Jackie Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson, Nancy Reagan, Barbara Bush, and Hillary Clinton, we learn, while all men are created equal, Persistent women give us enlightened clarity, infusing equality and justice together, as we renew exceptionalism with A Child Shall Lead Them. Our primary national anchor preventing American progress remains older men like Charles and David Koch, Foster Fries, Rudy Giuliani, and Chuck Grassley, who, as trumped demagogues, continue to embroil America further into the crippling backslide of men who believe they alone created the United States of America. Trusting in the lost ways of a white male-dominated society, such leaders, both manipulated by and manipulating fear, choose alternative facts over history's lessons. One, our anti-everything 1950s tragically wounded our out-of-many-one, but despite devastating 1960s assassinations, we began again, before even truly grasping how challenging the journey forward would be second now in a herstory state change grants all colors p o v s and sexual persuasions freedom to rise three neither first above or greater than anyone we learn actual communication heals better than virtual pretense or twitter offense now multitudes of americans are marching not to the vain glory of self-righteous pied pipers waving old glory while profaning the bible but striving toward lincoln's understanding we are indeed stronger together we march into governorships the house and senate not just in a blue wave but with a wave of forward-thinking humanity individually and collectively insisting proudly we're moving on we've evolved old unreasonable domino theory into one victory for all begets more cleaning house victories for americans until america is a home of the brave fearing not a land of the free welcoming all who welcome freedom now which america do we choose post trump pence 180 degree reversal of global view of us on 12 september 2001 or prioritizing separation of church and state over walling out freedom seekers or never again denying anyone life liberty or the pursuit of happiness From Huntley, Brinkley, and Cronkite to four 1963 days and nights of non-stop murder coverage, America now needs citizen leaders and news professionals to resurrect from the ashes of Watergate our fourth estate soul, because Americans deserve more information than conditioning and more education than ignorance. To abridge being self-hypnotized by waves of opinionated affirmation, we need select communion over Snapchats and cure our human condition with empathetic connection over our opiate, cell phone, and gun addictions. Boosting voting rather than Facebook adjusting our political priorities, and raising our interpersonal expectations, we rise above successions of TV, radio hosts, and repetitive opinionated panels, confusing conjecture and gossip for the first rough draft of history. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.